Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on a Friday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. It is a football talk Friday. We're going to do our six-pack of questions coming up after the 6 o'clock news update. And then Tyrone Poole is going to join us, former Patriots defensive back, two-time Super Bowl champ, played with the Panthers as well. Before any of that, though, we go out to the phone line and bring on our guy Phil Perry, Pat's insider at NBC Sports Boston. A rare two-guest day for us here on the Brady Farkas show. So, Phil, what's up? Man, I am not going to be able to compete with Tyrone Poole, though. That that was my guy growing up in this area. You got a Tyrone Poole appearance. I love that. I can't wait to hear that. Well, Tyrone Poole is great. I've had him on before, but it's been a while, so I'm looking forward to uh, talking about it all with him. But looking forward to talking with you as well. Aaron Rodgers is in the crosshairs, right? Um, the Packers are in the crosshairs for their handling of COVID protocol, et cetera. Take all of the, you know, should he have gotten the vaccine, should he not have gotten the vaccine stuff aside. I am just curious. If the Patriots seem to get punished for everything and they can lose a draft pick over having a camera, you know, in their improper spot, will the Packers get any punishment for flouting COVID protocols in the Aaron Rodgers situation? They should. And listen, I I don't know to what extent COVID protocols have been violated. It seems as though there is a rule on the books about masking up indoors at media availability. Brady, there, there are so many rules that even I, as a, as a media person, I should brush up on them, but I don't know them like the back of my hand. So I don't, I don't know all of the, the details of what violations may have occurred. He did say in his interview with Pat McAfee that he was masked up, it sounds like, pretty consistently behind the scenes when he was supposed to be. So he's not eating with teammates in the cafeteria. He's not in the weight room when he's not supposed to be. So ostensibly, you know, the, the punishment – I guess could be minimal, but I would think that there would be punishment coming. The only reason I hesitate Brady is because the NFL sort of complicit in this, if there have been violations, right? Because what we know is Rogers went to the league before the season began and said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I don't want any of the, the, um, the vaccines that are available that are approved by the NFL but I'm doing this. Is this going to allow me the same provisions that a vaccinated player would have? The league said no. And he went about his season. If there have been violations there, the league should have been knowing or should have been able to follow up or should have, if if there was a, a rule broken at the podium, which is on national television a lot of times, the league should have been able to step in and put a stop to whatever was going on that should not have been going on. So I think this is, this is obviously on Rodgers. It's on the Packers if there have been violations, but it's on the league too because they were aware of the fact that he did not want to be vaccinated months ago. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Pats Insider. Pats and Panthers coming up, both teams, four and four. Pats trying to get over 500. Pats have won two straight. So let's transition to that game. This is the Stephon Gilmore Bowl now, and Gilmore spoke this week saying he did not like how the Patriots handled his injury back in the offseason, I guess subsequently into the preseason here. I left that press conference with more questions than answers. What is he referring to? Same, Brady. Same. (laughs) Because I I followed up with a lot of the questions that I think were logical to follow up with. What was it about their treatment of your injury that you didn't like? How much of your departure was related to your contract versus related to your injury, which was really what he was focused on? It wasn't so much the contract, though we did at least acknowledge that. Yes, the contract was part of it, too. But it was the injury for some reason that he was really hammering at the beginning of that back and forth that he had with 
with us, um, you know, Patriots reporters the other day. And so once he came out with that, that was his first answer, essentially, was I, I didn't like the way they handled the injury. I thought the floodgates were going to open. And I said, OK, here we go. I guess we're going to we're really going to get some detail here. And he opted not to share much else after that. So whether it was what specifically the Patriots did that he didn't like, whether it was, you know, would you have played for the Patriots had you not been traded, whether it was why are you willing to play under the same contract in Carolina um, that you had here in New England and seemingly you weren't willing to play under that contract here in New England. He actually did, pre, you know, early in the, the conversation when I asked him about the contract, he said that was an issue. Okay, if that's an issue, why are you playing on the same deal you had here in Carolina, incurring the same risks that, that I assume he would not want to incur. So I, I, it's hard for me to explain Brady, how the Patriots would have handled his injury uh, and what he would not have liked about that. Is it just that they put him on PUP that he didn't like that they kept him off the field for six weeks, thereby maybe uh, impeding his ability to earn a big money contract this offseason since he's in a contract year. I don't know. But that back and forth that he had with us was disappointing in that it felt like he wanted to go to a certain place and then he wasn't willing to, which I think left a lot of us confused. As for the matchup, I look at this matchup and I think the Patriots should win. I don't think the Panthers are a very you know explosive offensive team. Darnold might not play. McCaffrey might not play. I think I look and say Patriots should win. But when you do a deep dive on the numbers, that Panthers defense is really, really good. So how tough can they make life for the Pats? It could be really tough. That pass rush is, is excellent. You know, I don't think they have a top 10 pass rusher. But when you look at Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, I think they have two top 30 guys, and that could be an issue, you know, especially when you can't always, and this is something the Patriots did against Joey Bosa, for instance, last week in LA, they sent their backs out into routes and chipped Bosa on the way out. And they were really effective at times doing that. Can you do that when you have two talented pass rushers on the other side? You're not always going to have two backs in the backfield to, to hammer that end on your way out into the flat. So, they're going to have to come up with some sort of plan to be able to help their tackles at times, whether it's the backs or the tight ends, slowing those players down because those are the guys that really can wreck the game for the Patriots. I think their secondary is okay. To me, it's really the pass rush and some of the blitz packages that defensive coordinator Phil Snow has come up with that makes that defense go. They're top five in sacks. They're top five in um, pass yards allowed per game. They're top five in yards allowed per game. So this is a talented, young defense that that has the ability to to throw some interesting wrinkles at opposing offenses phil snow is a college guy he really he's coached under matt rule for quite some time now temple then baylor and he's brought some different sort of college ideas to the pro game and it, it it's worked at times i think they've gotten away from that a little bit this year compared to last year but um the results speak for themselves it's a good group and now they have gilmore for the patriots to contend with too and i wonder brady i wonder if they'd be willing to test him because Gilmore only played on third downs. I think he'll have the same role this weekend, but last week he played against the tight end, really athletic, really promising player in Kyle Pitts. But if the Patriots are able to, for instance, match up Nelson Aguilar, their fastest player on Stephon Gilmore, just to see, okay, how's the speed? How's the leg feeling? Do you have your legs under you after not playing for a long time uh, in no training camp? You know, he, he really wasn't tested down the field. 
against the Falcons. He really wasn't tested in terms of his communication with his teammates in the secondary against the Falcons. Not a ton of bunches or condensed splits or motions sent his way. I think if you can test his speed, if you can test his ability to interact with his teammates in real time and make good decisions, I think there could be some big play opportunities Mm. there. I wouldn't be afraid of at least thinking about going after Stephon Gilmore a little bit. Just, Just see how it goes early and then play it from there. Next Pats podcast you had on Rob Ninkovich recently, and he said he wants to see the Pats go after Odell Beckham. And and I don't. I'm going to preface it by saying I don't think OBJ is a bad guy per se, but he's in a he was in a situation in Cleveland, as we've talked about a lot, very similar to the Patriots. Run first, utilize the tight end. He didn't get the ball there. Why do I think he's going to get the ball enough in New England to make him happy? And do I really want to put that pressure of force-feeding in the ball on my rookie quarterback? It just doesn't seem like it would line up for me. Does it line up better for you, like Ninkovich thinks? No, I think it would be entertaining. There's no doubt about that. Would it be a good fit? Is it the right time? I'm not so sure the Patriots are going to feel that way. You have a rookie who is on a steady upward trajectory. It's not a totally linear trajectory, meaning each week you see marked improvement, but he is improving. The arrow is pointing up. You like how it's going. Throwing Odell Beckham into the mix is a real wild card. And I spoke to a couple people uh, with the Browns yesterday and they agreed that the Patriots might not be the best situation in part because Odell Beckham very clearly wants to be with an elite quarterback. And Mac Jones, I think you can make the argument he's already better than Baker Mayfield. But is he elite? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Patrick Mahomes? You know, both of those teams, to me, the Packers and the Chiefs could use a receiver. I think that's probably the kind of situation he's looking for. And so if he lands somewhere where he really doesn't want to be via waivers, right? If he gets through waivers and he can sign anywhere as a free agent, then that's up to him. But if he gets claimed somewhere on waivers, are you going to get Odell Beckham, the good football citizen? I like you. I don't I don't think he's a bad guy. And the, every indication I've gotten is that he's not a, a bad character person. But does he have the kind of football character that the Patriots like? I think there are serious questions there because of how he's handled himself this year. He has not necessarily been a problem child behind the scenes, Brady. But my understanding of it is he's done everything he's been asked because he's been trying to put on a good face so that other teams would be interested in trading for him at some point this year. He mm. really has been wanted to be dealt out of Cleveland for some time now. And so he tried to do what he thought were the right things and put his head down and work and do what's asked of him. And then when he wasn't traded at the deadline, now you see the explosion really that we've seen the last few days here. And so I think, I'm not sure for all those reasons, it's a great fit for the Patriots. When we've seen the Patriots bring in these big name receivers in the past, they've been a little bit more desperate. Like 2019, they were desperate for receiving help. It was Antonio Brown. It was Josh Gordon. It was Muhammad Sanu. They they felt like they had nobody at that position. You're not really in that situation now. I could even go back to 2007. 2006 was a mess at receiver. So you go, you get Randy Moss, you get Wes Welker, you go over the top to bring in talent. The Patriots aren't a great team at that receiver spot. But they're not what they were in 06 or in 19. And now they have a rookie quarterback. And so I I think it just changes the equation. It would surprise me a little bit if Odell Beckham ended up here. Phil, you gave us an exact score that was correct last week when you had the Pats beating the Chargers 27-24. You want to double down here on Pats Panthers? 
Yes, of course. Of course. I will have the exact score for everyone once again this week. It's, this week is going to be 24-10. It's 24-10. Really hard to score points. I, I don't think Sam Darnold is going to play. You're going to have P.J. Walker out there, athletic guy, journeyman guy, a lot of respect for his story. He's been in and out of the league since 2017. But it's going to be really hard for them to move the football through the air. I would expect J.C. Jackson to play. He was at practice for the first time this week on Friday after missing two days sick. He'll be out there. That'll help slow down DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. It's going to be tough for the Panthers to score points. All right. Pat's going to move over 500, five and four. I love it. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, pre and post game live on Sunday on TV. Next Pat's podcast and Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast as well. Phil, until next week. Sounds good, buddy. Talk soon.